0: Hey there, future friends! This week, our betrothed may betray us, we have three wishes, and we just may come out of retirement. This is the week of August 26th, and you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone! I am back. I know I did not do an episode last week, but it was mostly because not a lot came out. There was some very interesting stuff that did come out. Beast with Idris Elba looked okay, but less like a theater movie, more like a really interesting-looking streaming film, but it was coming out in theaters. And Orphan First Kill, the prequel to Orphan, which I don't know why anyone asked for that, came out on Paramount Plus and limited theater release. And also, of course, Dragon Ball Super Super Hero, which I have talked to quite a few people who have seen this, and apparently it's the best Dragon Ball movie yet. It's supposed to take place 10 years after Goku defeated Majin Buu, and it's supposed to be Piccolo and Gohan's story. So Gohan's story told through Piccolo's eyes, and we're supposed to see Gohan's full potential, because if you remember during the Cell arc, In Dragon Ball Z, that Gohan was supposed to be the strongest Saiyan, but then his mom made him go to school, basically, and then Goku came back to life, and him and Vegeta just started being the strongest Saiyans. So I do really, really want to see this. Do I want to see it in theaters? I don't know. I I kind of do, but I feel bad dragging my wife to see it, and I also feel bad going, okay, sweetie, you stay here alone, and I'll go see this movie by myself. So I think I may wait for it to come out on streaming or just to own it. But my friends, there are movies this week. And yeah, the summer blockbuster season sure is wrapping up. There's interesting things coming out, but not nearly what we had during the heat of the summer. So let me tell you what it is we do on the show in case you're new. If you are new, welcome to the show. Thank you oh so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you even giving me a shot, even if it's not your thing. I get it. I understand that. But thank you for being here. Thank you for trying. And if you are a return listener, welcome back and bless you. You know, just bless you so much. Thank you. Oh, so much for coming back. But on this show, I talk about movies. In fact, I talk about all of the movies coming out during the week. I look up a list of them and I watch the trailers and I put them in an order That goes from the limited releases, that's any non-wide release or streaming movie that doesn't catch my eye, doesn't necessarily mean they're bad, it just means that the trailer and the premise just didn't do it for me. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it, maybe I'll give a thought or two. The next section is called the wide releases and interesting indies, and just like it sounds like it's every wide release and major streaming release. And by major streaming, I mean Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Paramount, but I might skip like Tubi. I know Tubi doesn't do original movies, but you know what I mean. I'm going to skip the smaller ones. And then all of the limited releases that did catch my eye. I base all of my judgments solely on the trailers because let's face it, that's how movies sell themselves to us. And if they can't sell themselves to us well enough through a trailer, then you know what? You can pass. I do the same things in that section what the movie is what it's about and who's in it but i also give a score which i call the billiams interest level score or the bill score which can go anywhere from a zero for those horrid looking films to an 11 for those films that get me oh so very excited and i also give you a pick of the week in which i say hey friend if you absolutely have to go to the theaters this week this in my opinion is the film that has the best bet of being worth your time. I take many things into account. A, just how good it looks, and also if you need to see it on the big screen. Uh, recently, and I'll talk about this more after the limited section, my wife and I saw Belfast, Kenneth Branagh's Belfast. Uh, she wasn't a big fan. I really liked it. But I I felt like I lost nothing by waiting for it to come to streaming to watch it in my house. Is it technically and... Through the craft of movies, a good film? Yes, it really is, but I didn't need the big screen. Where something like Jurassic World Dominion, or whatever the last one was called, Fallen Kingdom, I think that was it. May be a shitty movie, but it's gonna look good and be well worth the big screen experience. Well, that's it for me explaining the show. Let us jump into the first section, which is the limited releases. Let's start with a movie called The Runner, which comes out on VOD, actually the 23rd. So I'm recording this on a Monday, so tomorrow, for me, this will come out. After being busted for drug possession, Aiden, a troubled teenager, is forced by the cops to go undercover and risk his life to bring down a dangerous drug kingpin. This stars Elizabeth Rahm from Angel, Eric Balfour from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Jessica Amli from Greenhouse Academy, Carrie Metters from SEAL Team, Najee Jeter, who's the voice of Miles Morales in the video games and uh, one of the recent cartoons, and Edward Philip Nant, I think, as Aiden. He really hasn't done anything, but he's a main character, so I kind of felt like I had to say his name. Uh, this looks boring. It looks like a basic crime drama that we've seen before Crooked Cops, some kid who just made a mistake in his dragged deeper into the world of crime. It's just oh so familiar that it's boring and redundant. Next up, we have a movie called Kai. This is also video on demand. And just a reminder, if you don't know, video on demand doesn't mean it's coming to like Netflix or Hulu or anything like that. It just means that you can rent it online, maybe through Amazon or something, but you actually have to pay money for it. Or sometimes even through their own website is how you watch it. So it's called Kai. Kai Greene is one of the biggest modern-day legends in bodybuilding. He is an athlete, an artist, an actor, and an entrepreneur. But his journey to greatness first started in childhood when he chose bodybuilding as a form of survival. So this is a documentary, and if you are into bodybuilding, this could be for you. I don't give two flying shits about bodybuilding, but the trailer almost got me. I was like, yeah, I would want to watch this film. If bodybuilding is your thing, hell, check this out. If it almost got me interested, and I say almost, then it might be your thing. Next up, we have a movie called Highway 1. This is a limited release, no VOD here. In rural California, Anna is hosting a New Year's Eve party. Nina, a long-gone friend from high school, unexpectedly shows up bringing out the feelings of Maria. Maria. Over the course of the evening, Maria struggles with her feelings and facing the partygoers, a gaggle of eccentric millennials. Looks boring. It looks like one of those artsy movies that knows it's trying to be artsy and it goes too hard into it. This stars Stella Baker from The Republic of Sarah and Aisha Fabine Ross from The Witcher. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called Funny Pages. Just limited. No VOD again. A Bitingly Funny Coming-of-Age Story of a Teenage Cartoonist Who Rejects the Comfort of His Suburban Life in a Misguided Quest for Soul. This stars Daniel Zolgardi from Eighth Grade and Matthew Mayer from Our Flag Means Death. I have the feeling this one could be good. It could be a sleeper hit. One of those films that just goes so under the radar. And then maybe in like three or four years, it might just kind of make the rounds in the movie buff cinephile world, maybe. that That's the kind of vibe I get from it. That at best, it's going to be one of those films. But right now, I'm saying skip it. After that, my friends, we have a movie called Jane. This is a limited release, limited only to certain AMC theaters. I don't know which ones. And to Creator Plus. So I had to look up what Creator Plus is. Apparently, it's a website. Just Creator Plus spelled out. P-L-U-S dot com. It says it's the future of storytelling. Creator Plus partners with diverse digital native storytellers to innovate how we produce and experience feature films. At our core, we are disruptors. In everything we do, we put creators first. And I don't know what they mean by native, but I hope it means non-white voices because I think that would be really cool. Their latest movie, or the movie before the one coming out this week, uh, was called Diamond in the Rough, and it's directed by Jeanette Godoy. Or Godoy, I don't know how you say it, who's a Mexican-American woman. But anyway, if you want to watch something super indie, hey, check out Creator Plus. But let's talk about the movie that's actually coming out this week. It's called Jane. Seemingly perfect high school senior Olivia struggles with grief from the recent loss of a friend. When she gets deferred from her dream college and begins to spiral and experiences a series of increasingly frightening panic attacks. In an attempt to regain some sense of control, she embarks on a social media fueled rampage against those who stand in the way of her success, but as things escalate, she is forced to confront and ultimately embrace her darkest impulses in order to get ahead. This stars Madeline Petsch, I think, from Riverdale, Chloe Bailey from Grown-ish, and Melissa Leo from The Fighter. Uh, this is another one, a lot like Funny Pages, has promise, but the, the trailer just didn't do enough for me. So let's talk about the next one called Private Desert. This movie is about a police officer who is suspended after an internal investigation who was wandering the country in search of a real encounter with his internet love. This is a movie from Brazil. After that, we have a film called Maneater. After an accident during their vacation on a paradisiac island, a group of friends is stalked by a large shark. It's just about Mark Cuban floating in the water going, I'm going to get you. (laughs) That's stupid. I'm sorry. That's dumb. But who the f*** says Paradisiac? It's a paradise island. There's a better way to say that, I bet. Anyway, this stars Nikki Whelan from Hall Pass, Trace Atkins, so you know this is a quality film from The Lincoln Lawyer, Shane West from The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and Jeff Fahey from Lost. It's just a shark movie. Just wait for it to come to the dollar store. It will eventually. Watch it then. Don't watch in theaters, for God's sake. My friends, we have two more movies left in the limited section, so let's talk about Into the Deep. A young woman desperate for an escape meets a mysterious and attractive stranger who promises a romantic trip. What follows is deceit, mistrust, and violence. This stars Ella Ray Smith from Into the Badlands and lesser-known Daddario sibling, Matthew Daddario from Shadowhunters. This movie, I felt like it was done before because we have this woman and she's going on this boat with this guy. She barely knows because that's a good thing to do. Go far away from any civilization with some random stranger. Yeah, good move there. But then this woman, but then this beat up looking woman on a jet ski bumps into their boat and they help her on board. And then they all party and the main woman wakes up, finds the guy beat up and handcuffed and the other woman going, oh, he this guy attacked me. He's trying to drug us. And he's like, no, I didn't. She's gone crazy. So this woman's like, who do I trust? Right? Doesn't it sound so done before? Anyway, skip this one. Let's end the limited section with the one that I struggled about the most. I almost put it in the next section, but I didn't. And it's called The Good Boss. Awaiting a visit by a committee that could give his company an award for excellence, the owner of an industrial scales manufacturing business tries to resolve any problems for his workers in enough time. Exciting, right? This stars Javier Bardem from No Country for Old Men, and you're like, oh, there we go, that's why. And Manolo Solo from Pan's Labyrinth. This seems like an awkward comedy that you would normally see someone like Steve Carell or Jason Bateman in. And the fact that it's Javier Bardem is amazing—he's a fantastic actor. He's my favorite uh, Bond villain of all time because he's the only one that, that you could say actually won. Like he fully got what he wanted. But anyway this looks like it could be it could be good but it also looked just oddly and boring enough i know a movie about scale manufacturing businesses being boring weird but it it, there's just not enough that i just couldn't put in the next section so that's the last movie in limited releases so my friends before we take our break let me tell you about a movie i watched on streaming with my wife yay we watch movies I already told you what it is. It's called Belfast from last year. It can be streamed on HBO Max and DirecTV. You could rent it on Apple TV, Alamo On Demand, which I guess is a thing. And you can buy it on all the other ones. But if you have HBO Max or DirecTV, you can stream it. And it was that film from last year that was directed, written and directed by Kenneth Branagh, and starring Jamie Dornan, Judy Dench, Siren Hines. And Catriona Balfe, I think is how you say it, about this little boy growing up in 1960s North Ireland when the there was violence between the Protestants and the Catholics and about how his family was caught in the middle of it. Like they are Protestant and the other Protestants are kind of pressuring them going, hey, join our side, get these dirty Catholics out of here. But the, but his parents are like, no, we should do that we should all just get along kind of thing. And it's, it, it, I compare it to Jojo Rabbit in the sense that the first part of the movie, except for the riot, it's very wholesome, very childlike. And then as the movie goes on, more and more of the real world breaks its way into this kid's life so he can't ignore it anymore. It was a beautifully done movie, probably something you'll just watch once unless you really like it, but it's really, really well worth a watch at least one time. So you can watch that for free on HBO Max and apparently DirecTV. I've not verified this, but apparently that's what this website says. Well, my friends, that is it for the first half of the show. Let us jump into the break and then we'll be right back with the wide releases. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, Bad movie reviews, video games, comics, was with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on SomewhatNerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're doing, doing Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits, you mean cookies, Brexit, whatever's going on here, who knows, almost dying, why we're single, popular culture, and basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in, because
1: we're we're doing fine.
0: All right, my friends, let's start the wide releases and interesting indies with two different documentaries the first is called running with the devil the wild world of john mcafee this is coming to netflix on the 24th life and death of software pioneer john mcafee who developed the software mcafee antivirus so this is a documentary and it seems to be about what the hell happened to john mcafee i knew none of this by the way but apparently he had a lot of dirt on a lot of people And he had so much dirt on people that he was a target. He was a target of gangs and cartels and governments. And he was independently wealthy. And so he is like on the run. And it's about this reporter, I guess, that goes with him. And then what eventually happened to John McAfee. So if you are into true crime, this could be for you. As for me, I don't care enough. This is the kind of story that you could just tell me, oh, John McAfee eventually died, the end. But if you like that kind of stuff, It's on Netflix, you probably already have it, or if you're one of the many people that got rid of Netflix, then you probably have access to it somehow, so give it a shot. As for me, I give this a 4 out of 11. And the final documentary, this is called Untrapped, the story of Little Baby. This is on Amazon Prime. It follows the career of Atlanta rapper Lil Baby and his rise in the rap and pop culture world. So like I said, documentary about Lil Baby, and I am not familiar with him, but I thought this kind of looked interesting. It looked interesting enough that even though I have no idea who the f he is, I am super white. Like most of my rap knowledge is either from the 80s and 90s or from the Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. Like that's how that's my rap knowledge right now. Oh, or Vince Staples because of the Black Panther soundtrack. So yes, movie soundtracks or the shit I grew up with. That's my rap knowledge. But even with my very little Super unseasoned rap knowledge. I thought this looked interesting. Kind of the story of this guy who, like so many like him, unfortunately, didn't really get a chance and wound up in the system. But lucky for him, he understood. He's like, oh, this system is made for me to fail. It's made for me and people like me to fail. So I got to get myself out of this. So this seems to be about how he did that even if you're not interested in rap, it seems important just for that message. So I give Untrapped, The Story of Little Baby, a 6 out of 11. Next up, we have the first of two limited movies in this section. The first is called Alienoid. The door of time opens between the swordsman who wants to seize the legendary divine sword at the end of the Goreo dynasty. And those who chase after an alien prisoner imprisoned in a human body in 2022. This is a movie from South Korea that looks batshit crazy and also pretty damn interesting. So we have this guy, this swordsman from the Goryeo? I know I'm mispronouncing that. Sorry to anyone Korean out there. If you want to reach out to me and tell me how not to be a terrible American, please let me know. But this swordsman is on his quest and somehow he crosses paths. With these people in the 2022s who are chasing an alien who's in the body of someone else. And they kind of cross paths. And that sounds pretty dope to me. Alienoid looks like a movie to just keep in the back of your mind. And if you ever see it streaming somewhere, more than likely Netflix, that gets a lot of Korean things or Amazon Prime somewhere there. Then give it a shot. But I would not go out of my way to see this. Alienoid also gets a six out of 11 all right my future friends we have four movies left this week so let's talk about the final limited release which is called last journey of paul wr the red moon threatens our existence on earth our only hope is the enigmatic paul wr the most talented astronaut of its generation but few hours before the start of the great mission paul disappeared this is a movie from Friends, and it stars Gene Reno from Leon the Professional. So what we have here is an interesting-looking, original-looking sci-fi movie that looks pretty good. The only question I have, though, from the trailer is how much is Gene Reno going to be in it, because I don't remember seeing him much in the trailer. He doesn't play Paul W.R., It's this other guy, but it's basically about this dude who is just traveling around as the world's about to end. And he meets this young woman who figures out who he is. And then I I don't know what I don't know if he's eventually going to save the earth or if he's like, no, the earth sucks. Let's just let everyone die. So it's not heavy sci-fi. There's a sci-fi element to it, but it, it just seems like something that is so out of the box that it did catch my eye. And it looks like it's pretty well done. So this is a movie to keep your eye on for later, but right now, just pass. The Last Journey of Paul W.R. gets a 6 out of 11. All right, my future friends, next movie we have is called Me Time. This is a Netflix original movie. This follows a dad who finds time for himself for the first time in years while his wife and kids are away. He reconnects with a friend for a wild weekend. This stars Kevin Hart from Ride Along. Mark Wahlberg from The Departed, Regina Hall from Scary Movie, Jimmy O'Yang Yang from Love Hard, and John Amos from Die Hard 2, Die Harder. We have an easy-peasy one here, right? You know if you like Kevin Hart, you know if you like his films. Did you like Night School? Ride Along? Central Intelligence? Movies like that? Because this seems like more of the same, and that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing if you like it, and it's also a good thing if you don't like it because you know to avoid it. So this is part two. So this has Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg is the near-do-well friend who invites him out for a weekend. Kevin Hart gets his first guy-time weekend away from the kids. His wife is one who works. He supports her by keeping house. But whenever he hangs out with Mark Wahlberg, he gets in trouble. That should just give you a great idea of what the movie's about and what to expect. So do you like the sound of it and do you have Netflix? If those answers are both yes, then guess what? This is coming out this week. Me Time gets a 7 out of 11. My friends, three movies left, and the next movie is called The Invitation. This is getting a nationwide release. A young woman is courted and swept off her feet only to realize a gothic conspiracy is afoot. This stars Natalie Emanuel from Game of Thrones, Thomas Doherty from Gossip Girl, the 2021 version, and Stephanie Corneliuson from Mr. Robot. So just imagine if Eyes Wide Shut was less creepy white people and more just kind of a gothic thriller. That's the vibe I get from this because we have Natalie or Natalie, I don't know how you pronounce it with an H in it, but Natalie Emmanuel playing this girl who is invited to this guy's house that she knows and finds out, I don't know if they're dating or not, but she finds out, oh, you're betrothed to this guy, and oh, guess what? We're some weird-ass gothic horror weird baby between the skulls and eyes wide shut. Do you remember that movie, The Skulls? It was from, like, late 90s, early 2000s, I think, and it was kind of a, it was a thriller, not really a horror, but more about this secret society within a college Oh, you, you know, I thought of it. You know what a better comparison is that I get from this is Ready or Not, the uh, Samara Weaving movie where she plays that a uh, woman who's going to her fiance's house and then finds out to that to be part of the family. She has to survive a game where they all try and hunt her and basically she has to survive the night. It gives me that vibes with a little bit of the creepy mask people from Eyes Wide Shut. That's, that's the vibe I get from this film. That That is a better comparison. The Invitation doesn't look like a bad movie. It just looks like a movie that that you can really save. And maybe one day you just are out of ideas. You don't know what to watch. You have too much choice because you listen to me and you know of every film coming out. So you're overwhelmed. You are overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. Oh yeah, I remember that movie, The Invitation that he talked about so many episodes or years or whatever ago, maybe we should check that out. That's what this film is. It's a film for later, not right now. The Invitation gets a 7.5 out of 11. Well, we have two movies left, my friends, and the movie that's not the pick of the week is called 3,000 Years of Longing. A lonely scholar on a trip to Istanbul discovers a djinn who offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. This stars Tilda Swinton from Snowpiercer and Idris Elba from Beasts of No Nation. So right off the bat, we have a fantastic cast. Like, that is an amazing cast. So this isn't a new idea, right? The whole three wishes thing, a genie wanting to be free, this is an old story. It's a story as old as time, even though that quote is from Beauty and the Beast, not from Aladdin. But you know where I'm going with this. But what I like about it, what I like that the trailer did is that it hinted that Tilda Swinton's character, Alethea, I think she's called, is not stupid. And she has read lore and watched movies about being a genie. And she knows all these things. So she's not going to squander her wishes because she knows wishes can be turned against her. And she also realizes that this kind of power is terrifying. So she's not going to be using all her wishes back to back to back. And this movie is also billed as a romance. So obviously, Tilda Swinton's character is going to be enamored with the genie, played by Idris Elba. Who wouldn't be enamored with Idris Elba? He is a very handsome man. But the question is, as far as a romance goes in this, is he endgame? Or will she find love along the way? Will she learn some sort of lesson? Like, oh, I've spent my life with my head stuck in books. Maybe I have to look out into the world. Can the genie actually be trusted? Because it looks like we're going to get some backstory on the genie, other people whose wishes he's fulfilled and what happened to them, things like that. The potential for this movie is what really impresses me, and it does look really well done. The CG in it looks really good, especially when Idris Elba first pops out of the bottle, and he's huge, huge. He's filling up the hotel room and Tilda Swinton's in like normal size. That looks good. Everything, all the set pieces, especially in the past, look beautiful. This movie also looks quite erotic, but I think they're going to pull back just enough so it can still be a, an acceptable theater release without being on the level of Fifty Shades. I think it's going to be hyper suggestive is where I think this is going. So probably not a movie to take your kids to because it calls itself Aladdin for adults. And to be honest, this one was almost the pick of the week. It really was, except that the movie that made it as pick of the week, I was just a little more excited for. And it's been on my radar for much longer than this one. So I had to say true to myself and realize if I had a chance to watch one of these, which one would it be? And it would be the next one. But I'll be honest, if I end up seeing 3000 Years of Longing. I don't think it would be time wasted. I don't think it would be wasted at all. I think this is a solid choice. If you like the sound of this, if you watch a trailer and it clicks, you think, yeah, this movie, I think that's a great choice too. And you can't really go wrong with Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. I mean, you can, but let's let's face it. Any bad movies they've been in have never been their faults. It's never been their fault. So 3,000 Years of Longing looks really good. And it looks entertaining and original, as original as a movie about a genie can be. So, for that reason, it gets an 8 out of 11. And the final movie this week, the pick of the week, is called Samaritan. This is getting a nationwide release as well as an Amazon Prime release. And I just double-checked, yes, a simultaneous Amazon Prime release. It's about a young boy who learns that a superhero who was thought to have gone missing after an epic battle 20 years ago may, in fact, still be around. This stars Sylvester Stallone from Over the Top, Javon Juana Walton from Euphoria, Pilo Azbeck from Ghost in the Shell, Dasha Polanco from Orange is New Black, Moises Arias from The King of Staten Island, and Shamik Moore from Dope. And if you know me, then you know why this is my pick. I love things with superheroes especially when it's not a Marvel or DC thing. Like, I love Marvel and DC. I will be there to watch all of the movies in theaters. I will. I love them. But I especially love it when we get original ideas, or at least ideas that aren't from Marvel and DC. I I love that. And from what I can tell, this isn't based on any existing comic. This is an original idea, which is pretty cool. So we have Sylvester Stallone, this old man just trying to do his thing. And he sees this kid getting his ass kicked. And so he jumps in, helps his kid out. But guess what? He has superpowers. So this kid's like, oh, sh-t. I know who you are. You're Samaritan. And he's like, no, I'm not. No, no one calls me that anymore. I'm sorry. That was the best Stallone I could do. But it's really about this kid and his relationship with Sylvester Stallone. And that the city is in trouble with him trying to go, hey, the city still needs you. Look at how bad things are. We need a hero and trying to get Sylvester Stallone to do something about it. So this is a movie about redemption. And also, why does he feel like he needs to be redeemed? Because he is adamant that, oh, no, I'm not this guy. I'm not this guy. And then in the trailer, we see him get hit by a car in front of the kid. And he kind of just he doesn't shake it off. He's still in a lot of pain, but he does you know not die after being clobbered by a car. And so the kid's like, oh, hey, it's obviously you now. And about him trying to get to the middle of what happened. But also the city is ready to explode. It's ready to just become Gotham without Batman or the Bat Family. It's just ready to become a huge mess. Can Samaritan do something about it? Can the kid convince him to do something about it? Because it doesn't seem like he doesn't care, but it seems like he doesn't think he can and it's not just that it's also that he's getting old and he says when you stop taking care of yourself things fall apart so now the question also is is it too late i think samaritan is the best movie to watch in theaters this week or at home this week because prime looks fine and it doesn't seem like a marvel or dc spectacle where you really need the big screen it feels like it'd be fine on your couch at home and what's great is it seems like it has substance too, so it's not just some cheesy superhero flick. It it has a heart. It has soul as well. And that's really what caught my eye with this. Samaritan gets a 9 out of 11. All right, my future friends, that's it for the show. Hey, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, there are a few of you still out there, and I, I really appreciate you coming back every week. And if you're new to the show and you made it to the end, thank you so much. Consider becoming a regular listener. And remember that you can always reach out to me. I am here. I am ready to listen. Do you have a question? Do you have a suggestion? Do you want to get my opinion on something? Do you want to give me your opinion on something? Did you watch one of the movies that I talked about and wanted to tell me your thoughts on it and how close my score was to what you think it is? I'll take any and all constructive criticism or just straight up praise would be great too you know who who doesn't love just straight up praise but you can find all the ways to contact me in the show notes the twitter the instagram follow me on letterboxd subscribe to my podcast however you can and share my show that is how we grow that's how we'll get back to where we once were and go beyond so thank you oh so much for tuning in and i will see you next week but remember that no matter where life takes you no matter what your week has in store just take some time to catch a flick i'm billiam from somewhat nerdy signing off and i'll see you in the future